Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, podcast listeners, a quick note before we get going. As happens from time to time, we had a little bit of trouble with one of our recordings. In this case, it was Ross. Yeah, that's right. I'll name names. No, it wasn't his fault. But we had a little bit of trouble, so we had to move to our backup recording, which, if you've heard this happen before, is not quite as ideal. It's pretty good. Sounds all right. But it's a little bit crunchy, and I just wanted to acknowledge that before we got going and let you know that it's not your ears causing the problems. I guess it could be your ears causing problems, but it's not just your ears causing the problems. Okay, here we go. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to your Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell here with Ross Petrus. Hello, Ross. Hello, Fletcher. Hello, Kathy. And Ross has introduced Kathy Petrus. Hello, Kathy. His sister. Yes. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Fletcher's not related to us, however. No, well, yes, that's true. Um, at least not by blood, right? By this point, we're we're <laughs> podcast siblings, I think, in some way. Or yes, other. right. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, I guess, now officially not summer anymore. Um, I'm going to say thank goodness, because as much as I may love the summer, I did not this year, and I don't know if I will going forward. But here we are. It is autumn a time for rebirth, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> and with that in mind, we're going to talk about some new words in the dictionary, or at least some words that dictionary.com has newly added to their dictionary. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess, I I guess that's how. Yeah, <laughs> redundant, but works. <laughs> First, though, we had a question from a listener, Todd, who we hear from from time to time. Uh, what was that one about, guys? This was an interesting one. We call it a moot moment. And his letter was this. Okay, this one is minor, and you may have already covered it, and we think we did. We're not sure. Anyway, today one of my coworkers referred to something as a mute point. M-U-T-E. I couldn't help myself from correcting her and got the commensurate eye roll, but that's one where I feel this misused words doesn't make a lick of sense. Okay. We started thinking about this one. This is one of my favorite words. because I know. I, I, I know. Ross goes crazy with it. I'm constantly... My pet peeve is moot being misused, not mispronounced as mute, which is bad, but uh, moot, <laughs> moot being used as, as it's People think it should be used. And we wrote about this in um, That Doesn't Mean What You Think It Means, actually. Moot in moot point actually means it's open to debate. You say something's moot, it's open to debate. But people use it now as it's moot. There's no answer. It's, it's done. It's cooked. It's put a fork in it. Okay, can I add something, interject something here? Which means that when we talk with Kathy... Kath will go, that's a moot point. That should go, meaning it in the second definition. <laughs> or that's a moot point. I don't mean it in the common way. I mean it in the way that it should be. And she always does this. 
So I do. No wonder people avoid me now. <laughs> all know that Boot has two definitions, one of which is wrong, one of which is right. So when this person wrote the I, I leapt on this like I know all about Boot. I wrote the answer actually with without even open without even opening a dictionary, even thinking about it because because of Kathy, the entire family are experts on the word moot. <laughs> so, I'm proud, Ross. I'm proud. <laughs> and that's not a moot point. So, <laughs> In the sense of, yeah. yeah. I'm just, just briefly, though, moot comes from um, the Old English moot meaning a meeting. And I remember moot being in, um, he referenced actually in his reply to us, uh, Game of Thrones, but weren't there like moot, moots was the ent moot in uh, Lord of the Rings, right? It was an ent moot, wasn't it? So, I mean... It really meant, I mean, it started out being meeting and then it became specialized and it was for um, students, mainly law students, debating over law cases. You'd have moot court in law school, which you still do, apparently. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. So now moot means little relevance, but I also think people use it to mean non-debatable. It's like, it's just boom. Don't you think? Let's whiz out of that movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm starting to get excited here. <laughs> go, Kathy, go. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna take take us away from that for because Kathy can go on at length, and we we all she is an expert on boots, so we'll leave it at that. But um, the interesting thing we both thought was that he said mute doesn't seem to make sense, and we sort of thought about it. And in a funny way, mute works in much the same way as one of those definitions of little relevance. Because if a point is mute, it doesn't have any meaning because you can't hear it. So in a way, mute kind of works too. And it's stretching it. I think it's stretching it. <laughs> but it got us to both thinking like how reasonable sometimes back-sounding formations can arise. People probably in 100 years or maybe, well, in 100 years will be saying mute. And they'll have a reasonable reason why it makes sense. And Kathy, and the one thing I love about mute point is Kathy will not give us lectures on mute. <laughs> I could, I could. Give me some, I'm just impressed with your reasonable reasons. I, I think that's a term we should all start using more often. It makes me think of something like Dola's dishwater. Yes. Right. It makes yeah. sense, right? Even if that wasn't mm -hmm. the phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was ditch water originally, but we don't really have ditches that much. We have a lot of dishes. So, although dishes is going to probably change because a lot of us have dishwashers. Yeah, that's true. So we don't think of dishwasher, you know. <laughs> so it'll be it'll soon be a dull as I don't know what. Well, let's move on to our <laughs> friends at dictionary.com. And Fletcher, we've got a bunch of new words that have come into the uh, dictionary in the past six months or a year. And that have now entered in officially. Okay, no, these the ones we're going to talk about, Ross, were just just added in the last month. I think one or two were not, but they've all been added very, very recently. Well, I think that's a moot point, Kathy, in terms of time. <laughs> I think you should be mute right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I just want to say that these these words and phrases that they've just added are not new words, as I said before. They're, they're ones you've probably seen. If you haven't, I'd, I'll be surprised. But it's just that they've reached the level of popularity and mainstream usage that now the people at dictionary.com, and many of these have been added to places like, you know, Cambridge, et cetera, et cetera. Now they've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, they deserve to be official. And we're going to, first of all, see if you know them or you know the concept or whatever, and then we'll discuss it a little bit. The first word, or the first, actually two words, the first concept is atmospheric river. 
Do you know what that is? I don't. What is an atmospheric river? This is really, this one really gets me because I, I, I don't think I knew it until about six months ago. And I, it fascinates me as a concept. An atmospheric river is a long, narrow corridor in the atmosphere. And it literally transports huge amounts of concentrated water vapor in the tropics. Whoa. Literally, in some cases, they they go for thousands of kilometers and they're a couple hundred kilometers wide or a couple hundred miles. And they have more water in them than like the entire Amazon. Isn't that incredible? That's in amazing. The it's scary, actually. I think there's something about it that really freaks me out. Well, so I assume that climate change is affecting this somehow. And that's why it's it's become so much more used. Well, we looked it up and they said the uh, atmospheric rivers have increased, quote unquote, this is from National Weather Bureau, so, no, MIT, slightly over the past century. I think it's more comes from we know more about what how the atmosphere works. Hmm, okay. I, I'm wondering also, though, is it also that this might sound sort of silly with, with the advent of like cable news? I mean, everything changed. It could it also just be that there's more coverage? I mean, weather coverage is you have the weather channel. You know what I mean? It's like in the old days, you would just say, wow, it's wet out there. You know, <laughs> and now, <laughs> now we go, my God, there's an atmospheric river coming our way. Do you see what I mean? Right. As we speak, keep talking. So I can come up with something brilliant that I just thought of in my head rather than... Oh, I can always keep talking. (laughs) This is a problem with me. I'm going to do a a search, Atmospheric River, and do a a time search on it. I'm just curious. I mean, it wasn't coined until the early 1990s. Oh, so then then they wouldn't have... So then that answers the question right there. Yeah, no, it was MIT. Researchers at MIT called it that. So then they didn't probably talk about it. I mean, obviously they didn't talk about it then. Yeah, so I'm assuming was it just, but was it just that they noticed it then, and they were, or were they around then? That's what oh, I the atmospheric rivers have been around for like thousands of million, you know, whatever year. I mean, it's it's a weather phenomenon. They just know apparently they just noticed it in the 1990s, which I think ah. is really interesting. We think neither of us are weather experts, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm Except, one of those because it's hot. That's you know? kind of it's raining. Way. <laughs> Although as a kid, I, the, we had career day, I remember, and I thought, gee, it'd be fun to be a uh, uh, meteorologist. I remember that, actually. Really? That's interesting. I'm going to ask around and see if other people have heard of this atmospheric river. I mean, people who maybe gotta, watch weather, the Weather Channel and stuff, which I, which I, I don't. I think I've heard it, but I don't think I ever really thought much about it. I mean, other than like Moon River or something, or how atmospheric. You know? That's really but, funny because I I heard it, I think it was six months ago or a year ago, and I kept seeing it. But I'm really interested still in, I guess, in a weird way. Can't take the can't take the boy out of meteorology, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> I keep following. I, I, actually, I thought well, actually both of you would know it when we had it's it. It's never too late to follow your dream, Ross. That's, That's true. true. Okay, That's Catherine. True. Here I go. <laughs> now the weather tomorrow is... No, stop it. <laughs> this one was... This is just like a side note for that. Because Ross um, had talked about this and I had never heard it before. We had talked about bomb cyclones before. Bombogenesis. Bombogenesis is this? Isn't that, I love that. That's, that sounds like like a like an, a, a great band, doesn't it? I'm going to see Bombogenesis. <laughs> it does, I think you've really got the answer. Technically, it's a mid mid latitude cyclone, is what it is. Oh, that rapidly intensifies. Isn't that cool though? I love it. We should form a group, guys. Three of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll so. do great. <laughs> <laughs> they can. They can all be. Oh, wow. They can all be weather related. Ross, you can write the songs. <laughs> <laughs> I can moan like the wind. <laughs> okay. The next word is jugging, 
And we found a, a line from a newspaper story that said there were reports of an uptick in jugging in San Antonio. Wow. Okay. First, initially, I wondered if this this was related to jeggings, which it clearly is not. <laughs> the way you just the the way that sentence is formed makes me think it's crime related. So, sort of like maybe uh, people who are jogging get mugged. Ooh, it's that's not right. But okay. I like that. Well, all right. <laughs> in jeggings, you're jogging in jeggings. Jogging in jeggings, and, and you get mugged. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no. no, is it crime related? It is. Yes. Okay. Uh, can I say something right here? It was really interesting. Um, you know, they always say that with language learning too. The context really dictates a lot of times the meaning. You can really deduce at least something about the meaning. Mm-hmm. And in the case of like, if you're a non-English speaker or someone like all three of us didn't know what the word jugging was until. Kathy and I a couple of weeks ago, and you know you right now. But the interesting thing about that is you can still deduce the relative idea of the meaning. If someone goes something like you know they were you understood it's crime related immediately, which is good. It's interesting. That's what yeah. We, if we just said like Harlan likes jugging, you would have no idea. Right. You have no idea. No, but context mm-hmm. can really be really important. So go on with the definition here. Well, I was just going to say, that's why they, um, in the spelling bee, which we did recently, they always, uh, a lot of times the kids ask for it in a sentence, because sometimes that can help you figure out, you know, some of the spelling parts. Anyway, the word jugging is indeed modeled on mugging, and it's an informal slang, and it's a theft committed by a perpetrator who waits at a bank, near an ATM, or outside a store, waits for customers who might be carrying cash or, or a lot of merchandise, follows them, and then steals it. So where does the J come from? Why jugging? There's some talk about that. Some people think that a jug is from a bank. The bank used to be a slang term for a bank. Others, I mean, we don't know, but that's one possibility. So jugging would be waiting outside of a bank and, you know, you uh, waiting outside of the jug, mm-hmm. and then you, you get someone coming out and you jug them. I got to interject. I love the sample. We got this sentence from the OED when they said that. And it was a sentence from a book called Professional Thief by E.H. Sutherland in the 50s. And his sentence with jugging is where jug is the bank. Some canons prefer the jug touch, which is picking the pockets of suckers who are in or coming out of banks. I just love that. I like it. The jug touch. This Isn't that is great? Great. So how long has, has this word jugging been around as a as a verb, I guess, to jug? Well, see, certainly, that book is from the 50s, isn't it, Kathy? But that's the jug touch. Mm-hmm. The first jugging, or jugging is recent. Yeah. Jugging, I think, is really recent. Because what I saw is what I had seen was, yeah, um, that's uh, aside from the jug meaning the bag, I always thought the jug was jail or going to the jug, whatever. Well, it could yeah. maybe it's both. I mean, both, you know, different words have different slang meanings, right? Yeah. Another thing we saw was um, that it might have come into use, the term jugging, about 10 years ago or so. And it was when thieves stole women's purses as they pumped gas. But I don't quite get why that's jugging. I mean, wouldn't it be gassing or something? It seems sort of like that seems like a back. We were talking about back formations. It seems like. It makes sense of something, but I think it seems I bet it's the opposite. The interesting thing is Google Ngram has jugging all over the place. I just did a thing on it, and it goes up and down. So I imagine jugging meant a lot of different things over the years, like mm-hmm. I guess putting water in a jug, so that you're jugging it in that sense. So that's not a very accurate way of figuring it out. You know, when it was 
when it was first used. My guess is it's it's the um, the nineties. I bet it seems like the sort of thing. I mean, just knowing that that phrase, the jug touch uh, from the nineteen fifties, it seems like the sort of thing that's just kind of percolated under the surface mm-hmm. for you know for quite some time, and for whatever reason, it just popped out now. I'm just fascinated when you look at it, how many things jug can mean. It's not a word I think about. I mean, like normally, okay, like a pitcher, a jug. But I mean, it also means a woman's breasts. It also means prison. It's also used in this. It, I mean, it, it, it's so odd that I mean, jug is... There's a lot is, of words that have a lot of meanings, though. I mean, it's it's always really yeah, but jug just that. sounds so odd to me. I don't know. <laughs> really? I like it. It's a good word. Like, yeah. Anyway. Moving on, we have the next one I think you're going to know. Nepo Baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, so much talk about Nepo Babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a Nepo Baby is um, someone who becomes successful following in their parents' footsteps. Um, theoretically, because they have a lot more advantages based on the fact that their parents did the same thing. So let's say, the I, I think people point to somebody like... Um, Maya Hawk, who is an actor now, whose mm-hmm. whose father is Ethan mm-hmm. Hawk and whose mother is Uma Thurman, and and you know it, it's kind of a horrible conversation because Maya Hawk, for example, is very talented. There are plenty of quote unquote nepo babies who are very very talented in their own right, but I guess the assumption is that they had a lot of advantages that people don't, and and in a lot of cases, they're also people are also talking about uh, uh, nepo babies who are very much not talented. Uh, and really would not deserve to be where they are. Mm-hmm. I have a curious for you. A, 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 I have a question, not a curious. <laughs> a question and a curious are different words. Okay, we know that. I have a question for you guys though. The, online, we we looked it up, and um, there are very there are very few older sources of it. The it says it was ter- uh, coined by ex-user Miriam Daraji in early 2022. After watching the TV show Euphoria, Daraji tweeted her astonishment that one of its stars, Maude Apatow, was the daughter of writer-director Judd Apatow and actress Leslie Mann, calling her, and dubbing her a Nepo baby. It's so funny how time senses... I, I could have sworn I had heard it earlier, but apparently I haven't. Well, that's interesting, because I knew that... I, I only heard it when it you know became hot recently. So then it, it obviously, I mean, so you guys are both saying, which is probably true. I'm probably just having a time distortion sense because I felt it's been around for a long time. And then I realized, look at that. And I realized it's well, so nepotism recent. has been around since oh, the 17th forever. century. I was fascinated. I'm sorry. I mean, just to go back to the 17th century that it came from nepotisme from nepoti, um, I, and I'm butchering the Italian, meaning nephew, and it was all from the Pope. <laughs> it's like, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> well, yeah, the Popes, I mean, because the Popes always had their nephews, or in many cases, their sons. Their nephews in quotes, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Would become the, the new Pope. Yeah, he is my nepoti. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. I, that's no, I, I never knew that that's where, where we got the word from. Yeah, no, it comes from, actually, it's from the Latin, from going backwards to nepos in Latin, mm-hmm. which is nephew. That's why the advantage of Latin, you instantly know words like nepo baby. <laughs> right, it means nephew baby. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, <In> Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, next. The word is cakeage. C-A-K-E-A-G-E. The sentence we found online was, 
one word of warning, you may want to call ahead and ask about cakeage. <laughs> Holy cow. Call ahead and ask about cakeage. <laughs> we kind of stripped the context. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Leah, I mean, yeah, a little. But it doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you a clue now. Let's see if you can figure it out now. You may want to call the restaurant ahead mm -hmm. and ask about cakeage. <laughs> I love this word. <laughs> oh, English is wonderful. I mean, I, I, I did think we were probably talking about a restaurant, but to me, I mean, cakeage, you know, a high level of cakeage sounds great, but, <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm not sure that's... <laughs> okay, you may want to call the restaurant ahead and ask about cakeage regarding Kathy's birthday party. It's not till January, Ross. <laughs> oh, okay. So just like, um, do, they ha do they have like the option? Do they have th the ability to feed Kathy free cake because it's her birthday? <laughs> I'm all for the free cake, free cake. Uh, now I'm going to give you one word, which is going to give it to you immediately. Okay. Okay. Corkage. Corkage. Oh. Uh, so like there's a like if you bring your own wine there's a corkage fee or does it go the other way i can't i don't i don't know how that's this it, that's it. There's a cor you bring your own wine you get a corkage fee you're so right. you're, you're saying can i bring my own cake because it's her birthday yes mm -hmm. oh okay you will be charged cakeage they charge wow there i mean i guess of course there are places that would charge you for doing that because they'll cheap. charge you for anything. You, oh, really? This word up. We found a bunch of articles like in New York. It's at least twenty five bucks if you if you. Wow. It's my birthday. We all celebrated a restaurant. We spent a lot of money. Kathy has a ton of wine, but you still pay twenty five dollars because you brought the cake. So what we're gonna end up with is people sneaking pieces of cake in in bags <laughs> in their pockets. <laughs> and... <laughs> surreptitiously yeah yeah exactly <laughs> taking little bites <laughs> the problem would be with the candle for the birthday part you might have a problem setting fire, but, yeah. so now i just want to say this one was just added because and neither ross nor i knew this but obviously we're not apparently entertaining birthday guests at you know restaurants a lot but it started in the 90s so far, but, um, it was written about by in the San Francisco Chronicle, and they were saying if you bring your own birthday cake, you could be charged a cakeage. Then we found it all over the joint, and and you know restaurant reviews saying, oh, wonderful, wonderful, but warning, you know there is a cakeage. <laughs> it's like okay, fascinating. And so keeping this cake theme up, <laughs> let's, let's yes, the other another new cake word, cakeism. <laughs> Boris Johnson's cakeist strategy. We can add, you know, either way. Cakeist strategy may yet prove to be a recipe for success. He is one of the few politicians with the personality and charm to get away with it, as he did as London mayor and during the EU referendum. This is from the Telegraph. I I don't know at all what it means, but I'm going to guess that it has something to do with let them eat cake. Wrong. Ah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is definitely wrong, Fletcher. Okay, what's a cakeist strategy? Okay, it's the it's a false belief that one can enjoy the benefits of two choices oh. that are in fact mutually exclusive. You can't have it both ways. Right. You can't have you your can't cake and have eat it your too. Cake and eat it too. <laughs> but Fletcher, I've got another question for you because. Someone else, there's another definition, at least in some dictionaries, <laughs> where a cakeist is something else. Can you tell us what a cakeist is in the alternative <laughs> definition? 
uh, one one who one who makes artisanal cakes. Yes. Very okay. good. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, that IST suffix is really really popular. Everything is a whatever ist. Yeah, it's. We have to do another one. We had done one in the past. I want us to do another suffix one because there's just so much going on suffix wise. Yes, it's, suffix which leads to the next one. <laughs> Kathy's We're not going to whitewash it. <laughs> Very good segue, Catherine. Thank you. I, I've learned from you, Ross, the master. So now we're going suffix-wise, greenwashing. Greenwashing. Yeah. Okay. I don't exactly know what it means, but I—I I mean, it must have something to do with trying to make yourself look better by leaning into like climate-friendly ideas. You are right on the money. Okay. That was perfect. Can Can you yeah, describe it more like concretely? Uh, you're trying to you're, you're it's basically you're 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 using it's like a PR and advertising thing. It tends to be negative actually. You're you're promoting or affiliating your 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 company, your your brand, your mission with environmentally friendly practices to divert mm -hmm. attention from other stuff you're doing that is not as 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 clean and green. So it, it's a head fake, really. Right. It's like you're going like, ooh, like, look at my paper. I'm using only right here in my hand. I have like, you know, it's it's recycled. It's this. But in the meantime, my carbon footprint is horrible because I have a generator blowing in my hair mm -hmm. or something. Or to some degree, you're claiming credit for being environmental when you are not have no intention of doing it. I think we should give credit where credit is due in this case. The term was coined by an environmentalist, Jay Westervelt, in a six, 1986 essay. And he was talking about hotels putting up things saying, please reuse your towels to save the environment. Uh, yeah. And they had no intention of, uh, of, I mean, they didn't really care. They were talking about saving money on cleaning towels. And I like the other term, green sheen. I love that, but I have not on here that, which saddens me. I don't either. I, I think that's, I sort of like it though. No, because green sheen has that, like, it's, it's, it sounds really negative. It's like, ooh, you've got a green sheen there, baby. Is that, the same, is that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, though, there's a lot of companies that have green sheen as a, as a color. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could buy paint right now. Green sheen. <laughs> so, but, Ross, you want to take... Well, I'm going to segue here because here, listen, listen, listen to my segue, guys. The problem with greenwashing is we're talking about current words, and it was actually coined in 1990. It entered into the OED in 1999. But the reason we included this ex post facto justification leads us to the next word, which is very recent, sports washing. Ah, that's what I was going to bring that up, sports washing. Yes. So so uh, you're hearing this a lot with like with um, Saudi Arabia because oh, yeah. it's they're um, spending lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money uh, <laughs> to, say, bring Ronaldo to come play in their football league or to create the live golf thing, which is now something else. Who even knows? But they're spending all of this money uh, sort of as cultural uh, cultural laundering, you know, uh, so and precisely right. So that people are, are thinking of them in a more cultural, uh, culturally positive way, or at least that's what they're hoping. Mm -hmm. That's completely correct. And that brings us to another one that my sister, Catherine, the mm. female will talk about with her favorite color as a child. <laughs> that's true. I, I sound so like binary and usual pink washing. <laughs> 
Pink washing. Pink washing. Mm-hmm. Nah, this I haven't heard at all. Okay, this one's interesting. I'm going to hurry it up because we're, we're getting like... This pink washing actually has a few. I knew it because as a breast cancer survivor, um, mm. pink washing is used in a pejorative. Mm-hmm. And it's all these charities promote themselves. And it's like, ooh, here's this pink wrench. So you're... And a lot of groups get very angry about that. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, an individual who gets angry about it because you're making it like we're helping breast cancer. So buy our wrench, which has a pink handle. Right. And we'll give half of a cent if you buy a hundred of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's pinkwashing. But now, more than that, pinkwashing is becoming a LGBTQ thing. Again, it's a negative. It's a ploy to divert attention from the fact that you're not an ally, that you're not doing good, so you're pinkwashing. You're, you're making it like, ooh, we look really friendly to LGBTQ, but not really. Right. We'll put the, the, uh, the rainbow flag up on our door while we do all of these other horrible things that may even impact lgbtq people negatively negatively precisely it's, yeah. the idea precisely. That, it's bas- basically look at this other thing while we do these horrible things yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have a question for you Joe. have you heard purple washing Mm-mm. no i did not know this Mm-mm. we found it as a new term but and, and the same it was much what kathy had just said earlier with pink washing the practice of selectively representing bisexual people and issues in order to make an organization appear more inclusive. But I'm wondering if if purple washing is is be going to become the LGBTQ one and pink washing will be breast cancer type thing. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think so, because purple washing is also feminist with the whole suffragette thing when you wore white and purple. Wait, so what does purple washing It can be either. This is another dual. Either you're presenting something as feminist or it's uh, bisexual. Oh, but okay. I'm wondering if, see what I'm saying though, I'm wondering if it'll split. Pink will go feminist, purple will go bi- uh, bisexual. I don't know. No, no, pink can't go feminist. I mean, pink has nothing to do with feminism. It's just breast cancer. Oh, breast, I, I, mean, I meant breast cancer. Pink okay. goes, yeah, maybe you're, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. The other thing I was sort of wondering is where did the original wash come from? Brainwash. Yeah, brainwash, exactly. Yeah, obviously. Sorry. I'm a pot of I didn't mean to sound pejorative there. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say it's not totally obvious. I mean, I know, obviously, I know the term brainwashing, but uh, if you had asked me where does this washing come from, I wouldn't have thought brainwashing. No, I, I was asking a rhetorical question because I put it up on the thing as a literal translation of the Chinese brainwash, but I wasn't sure it does actually. That's what I was asking, because I didn't see it represented as having that origin. Oh, I think so, because everything, because the, the key is, in all these cases, they're they're gaslighting you a bit. And that's the whole point of the wash. Mm. It's like, we're not really environmental, but we're greenwashing you. Hmm. We're not really like great sports guys. We're sports washing you. We don't really care about breast cancer or gay people. We're pink washing you. So it's, but brainwashing has the idea, though, of changing the individual yeah, I guess it does. Changing the individual mind. You know how I always thought of it? That's funny. I always thought of it more in the laundering sense. Like, oh, interesting. Like, you know, your, your money, money laundering is, is cleaning the money so that it doesn't, so that it's not bad money anymore, right? Yeah. Or, or so that it doesn't look that way. And so, like, um, greenwashing seemed like, you know, uh, laundering your reputation through environmental, you know, supposed environmental friendliness. That's what I always thought the washing came from. But the washing, though, would be the same sort of thing, because washing your brain is cleaning your sure, brain. Sure, sure. I, I just, I, so. I, I just uh, always thought you of it. You saw more as a laundering. Laundering, thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
Fletcher, that's why that's why I asked the question because I agree with you. I instantly see someone like washing clothes when I see brainwashing. I mean, when I see uh, purple washing or whatever, mm-hmm. I have that same feeling of laundering mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, I don't think of the brain aspect at all. Interesting. You're Saying It Wrong is part of the NPR Podcast Network and is produced by me, Fletcher Powell, in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus records from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. Our digital team is Beth Golay and Carly Cooper. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please tell everyone you know and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can email me at powell at kmuw.org or email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press, and you can find that and Kathy and Ross's other books pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And a number of their books are also available on audiobook, read by the authors themselves. Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can find out more about what they're doing at their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.